Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. Every week we discuss issues including hunger. This time we're looking at a community literally under fire as 18 people, mostly Asian Americans, died in two separate attacks in California. One at a ballroom in Monterey Park, the other at mushroom farms in Half Moon Bay. The victims of the first attack were mostly elderly, some newly venturing out of their homes since the pandemic. John Kim at Asian Americans Advancing Justice Southern California says the dance hall massacre happened in the midst of a celebration like Thanksgiving and Christmas mixed together. And it has been tough on an already upset community. Memory, my uh, memory won't go away. All of us here believe in safe places to raise our children. That conversation after this short break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. People were ready to celebrate, right? They were sick of just, you know, being stay at home and those kind of things. So it was, yeah, it was very celebratory. People enjoying the food, you know, and then this thing happened and many people are in state of shock. It is, uh, I, I think, it, so there is, uh, you know, uh, we, we opened up our lines to, but for the victims and victims' family to connect. And, uh, it, right now, a lot of victims, families, friends are calling us because uh, the, the families are still trying to cope with the, these tragedies. What are, what are people saying when they're calling? Uh, seeking, it, it, I mean, they don't know where to turn to, right? They don't know what to do. So they, and uh, added to that, a lot of them have uh, language issue, limited English skills. So, uh, they're seeking, First of all, I think they needed someone to talk to in their own language. That's one. And trying to see what's available for them to assist them. That that could be a therapy counseling or, uh, I mean, I think most, the uh, biggest point, the biggest thing that, that they're worried about right now is funeral expenses. Uh, and wow, how can we, is there any organizations or, you know, any place that could help them cope and uh, you know, help them lead step-by-step, uh, step, you know, to get through this. I know that 
this has been especially hard because the suspect is part of your community and because so many of the victims, well, basically all of them are elderly. Does that make this even worse than it would have been? I mean, any violence is it just, uh, you know, we are against all types of violence. And I think not, not, the identity of the shooter, but I think it's, it's it, it goes deeper. I think because well, people are still reeling from the trauma of anti-Asian hate crimes and sentiments uh, during the pandemic. So when this violence got added to it, even though the the shooter was identified as Asian, people were still traumatized, and that that kind of added to that and of course elders you, you know we traditionally asian communities uh, uh respect elders and uh very active elders right uh you know being in the dance hall so there there yeah definitely there was an added uh trauma and and it's it's uh, we sad to see it but uh the la county sheriff uh the luna actually mentioned people some people are still the extreme group of people are still taking Seeing this as the opportunity to further the damage, uh, uh, there's a story where they're calling the hospitals, uh, the leaving messages like, uh, they, they're gonna come and finish their job or something. It's just horrible things happening right now. I wonder, is this, I know your community has had to come together from the pandemic, from the Atlanta shootings. Are people afraid, have people gone back to being afraid to leave their homes or are people basically just trying to get through this and say, look, we know these terrible things are happening to us, but we are still here and we're still going to be out there. Right. Uh, we attended the vigils and people are holding strong. Of course, they're still in state of shock, but there are, you know, New Year's festivals, uh, were scheduled and they, it's still going on. Uh, matter of fact, uh, over this weekend, uh, there's a TED festival, uh, uh, being held by a Vietnamese community in Orange County, uh, uh, Orange County Fairground, actually. And, uh, people are, are going to, you know, live their lives, of course. Uh, at, but then it's, uh, you know, there is, it's in somber mood where, you know, they're mindful of uh, these losses of innocent lives and uh, they're being careful. But I think this whole, uh, what do they call it, the pandemic, uh, there was a word for it, uh, being tired from, you know, staying home all the time. So people are ready to go out, you know, ready to be with other people. So I, I think some events were canceled but, but the, over the weekend that happened. But uh, I think a lot of uh, events are going on as planned. I wonder what are people saying to their children, right, who are now seeing this on television and whose families may have known some of the victims at a, at a dance hall where, where people would go and hang out and have fun right. you know, in a way that a lot of seniors don't. But what do you say to your kids about this? It's another life lesson, right? It is just, uh, I, I think what I heard from the experts were, I tried to limit because they, they didn't want to go through secondary trauma. So they're, they're trying to limit 
you know, especially uh, the visual, you know, things to it uh, to limit the exposure to the news. And uh, just, uh, I think people are trying to teach children to to uh, protect them as much as possible, but to to see the reality and uh, to to be uh, safe and and uh, to to provide that you you know they're always there for for their backup for their support when they want to talk about it how they feel about it and that that brings up uh, actually a good point because uh for asian communities uh mental health is uh that's something i would i wouldn't say a thorny subject but there's a stigma uh, attached to it uh, it's uh, a, a lot of times i i mean uh i have uh, the you know, a psychology background where I, I worked in a mental institution. It is, it's not just the person with that mental health going through the, the hard process. It's, uh, some families see it as a shame. So it's always hidden, right? When, when there's a mental health issue in the family. Right. And in Asian communities, a lot of time they are reluctant to reach out to get counseling regarding mental health. So, we we are trying to the the coalition of uh you know all these organizations are trying to say it's okay you know let's it, before it gets worse you know let's we have these mental health counseling available resources available let's talk about this let's you know uh, let's get this healing started. Sadly, I think that situation is the same in my community. I'm a black woman, and also in brown communities as well, but. On that point, before I let you go, what do you need to hear from people speaking to your community? If I'm if I am walking down the street, what can I say to help? And what do you need to hear lawmakers say about this this tragedy? I guess support, word of support. I mean, even just a smile, right? The friendly faces. Uh, you know, we we are all living together as one society, and. Uh, just you know, uh, being human, being friends, uh, being uh, neighbors. I guess you know we we need to start being more open to each other. I think, and then for the lawmakers, uh, I know the the issue of uh, gun control came up again, and and strict control. Uh, I I I I heard you know the the person was using extended magazine, which is illegal in California, but it's still available apparently. And, uh, just a lot more resources in community, uh, supporting community, uh, such as in, instead of, you know, focusing on stronger sentence or stronger criminal measures, it, you know, build up the infrastructure, like providing housing, employment, and like, like I mentioned, mental health assistance, getting more programs going, uh, and also not forgetting Minorities who need language assistance. So, you know, more policies for equal access for everyone. John, let me just ask you, how, how are you doing? I know you have been fielding all of these calls from people in need. I mean, people calling you in tears. I, I, you're seeing it all on television. I, I can't imagine. I, I guess I am still in a kind of state of shock. It was, you know, close proximity. We, we, we left around you know, 7 p.m. from that event and to hear that happen like merely like minutes away from where we were. But uh, I, 
you know, being a professional, I, I've been able to separate between, you know, my personal and professional side. And I, I was actually impressed how all these organizations for Asian communities got together right away and trying to find what can we do to support these uh, victims and families. And they are able to pull together all the resources and having uh, resources available and starting the, the, this, you know, support GoFundMe, you know, page to, to support them. So I was actually very impressed and, uh, and proud of all of us getting together to get this going quick. That's John Kim at Asian Americans Advancing Justice, Southern California. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, thanks to Alan Peng for his production assistance. Like what you hear? Come back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Friday. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. And thanks for leaving a rating or review. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.